and welcome back to the Beyond Aromatics podcast. I'm your host, Savannah Rose. For each episode of this podcast, we interview a member from the field of holistic aromatherapy about the work they do, the research they find, and how they incorporate essential oils in their lives and practice. This podcast is brought to you by the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy. To learn more about the work we do at NAHA, how to get a hold of our quarterly aromatherapy journals, how to attend our monthly webinars, or how to sign up for our 2020 Beyond Aromatics Conference held in Salt Lake City, Utah, October 14th through 17th, please visit our website at www.naha.org, or you can find us on Facebook at Aromatherapy Community or on Instagram at Beyond Aromatics. All right, here's this week's episode. On this episode, we have on special guest Tiffany Carroll. Tiffany is an East Asian medicine practitioner and licensed acupuncturist. She draws on her background in science and naturopathic medicine and merges this with her deep passion and developmental understanding of Chinese and energetic medicine. She is the creator and facilitator of Aroma Point Therapies, creator of the Master Healer Program, and teaches professionally accredited seminars in the treatment of addictions with energetic medicine, the treatment of mental and emotional conditions with essential oils, and pelvic care with essential oils. Tiffany is adjunct faculty at Bastyr University in their Chinese Medicine Department. Tiffany currently owns and directs Synergy Wellness Center in Kirkland, Washington for 17 years and is the creator of many online trainings including the treatment of pediatrics with essential oils, the Healing Oil Collective, and Essentials for Empaths. She is the co-creator of Blue Dolphin Essential Oils for Kids and Monera Distinctive Essential Oils, supporting those in the healing arts with quality essential oils and education. Tiffany is a published author of Chinese and Energetic Medicine articles and is an activist of sorts in regards to personal and collective empowerment through natural medicine. Tiffany currently facilitates trainings all over the United States, England, and Sri Lanka. And when she is not traveling, she offers private healing sessions in Kirkland, Washington. To learn more about Tiffany, please visit her website at www.tiffanycarroll.com. All right, so today we have on Tiffany Carroll. Thank you so much for sitting down and um making time in your schedule today to talk to me about this really interesting uh, subject that uh, we got in touch with a couple weeks ago, thanks to our mutual friend, uh, Angela Sidlow. Um, so thanks, Tiffany, for having for coming on today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for asking. So um, our subject today is aroma point therapy, and I figured you could just kind of start out by telling us what this is exactly. Yeah, it's a very good question. So as as probably people can start to imagine just from the name, there's essential oils involved, <laughs> the name and also the affiliation with Naha. There are essential oils involved and there are points involved as well, acupoints, and, uh, but also it involves body zones and sometimes working over the chakra centers or the energy centers of the body. So basically it's applying key essential oils in proper dilution over specific points or body zones that have mutual resonance together. 
And, and as we uh, continue our dialogue together, I'll be giving a handful of really sweet examples that you can put into use right away if you want to try this out. But what I want to highlight here is that there are definitely certain points that go exceptionally well with certain oils and it's like they come together and make music. I think about music a lot, the, the analogy of music making with aroma point therapy because, because of this principle of mutual resonance part of the way that this is working is through vibration, like vibration. So, for example, when you take uh, blue tansy and you place, I like to use a 15% strength of blue tansy on a point called liver three, which is down on the foot between the first and the big toe and the second toe in the webbing there. When you hold blue tansy on that point, if you really stay with it for say a minute, a minute and a half, mo what most people describe is they all of a sudden feel like a wave or a, a, a flow move through their body. And then they just feel easy going. Like, you know, if you're tense and you're uptight or you're worried about something, to be able to within a minute or three minutes, remember what it's like to be in the flow remember what it's like to be playful and flexible and that's the power of pairing an essential oil which has a particular vibrational medicine to it with a key acupoint which also has a particular vibrational medicine to it and the acupoints themselves you know they act as as basically energy vortices or vortexes of energy on the body so I just get so excited about this because it. I think for people that love essential oils, to have another safe way to work with them that is really exponentially potent, it's it's exciting. And it's to my understanding that you and um, someone you work with in your network kind of developed this uh, this modality. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a uh, so. So I will say first that I don't think that putting oils on acupoints, it's certainly not something that I invented. And I think that people have been probably naturally drawn to doing that for a while, acupuncturists and people who work with acupoints. But uh, let's see, in 2010, Peter Holmes, who is the author of many aromatherapy books, including Aromatica, he, um, he and I got together and started working to develop this curriculum, which at that time we called Aroma Acupoint Therapy. And he, uh, he had been a researcher for quite some time, so he hadn't been in clinical practice. And he had developed a particular model or a way of understanding how oils work within the body by understanding their fragrance. And that model is called Fragrance Energetics. And so uh, af after I met him, I learned about the model of fragrance energetics and all of these light bulbs when, were going off in my head because I had been working with oils. Uh, my I've, I've been in practice since 2002 in clinical practice, and I had been working with essential oils since even before I opened my practice, but I didn't know if you would have said to me, like, Tiffany, what are you doing and why? I... I would have quite honestly been very insecure to try to explain to you what, what it was that I was doing. Um, and I think I was going on intuition, but I couldn't necessarily back it up with a structural system. 
And so when I heard about his fragrance energetics model, I was like, yes, this makes so much sense. And now I can plug my intuition into something like basically it gave my intuition structural support. So with that, I went into my clinic and my clinic became this major essential oil acupoint laboratory. And at that time I was seeing 17 to 19 patients per day. And I had three associates that were working with me that I was training in this. And we started a Google document <laughs> and we just started tracking like, okay, what do we see consistently every time we put blue tansy on liver three? Of course, everybody's how it affects each person is unique to that person. But what are the themes that come through consistently across the board? So we were tracking this for some time and I started compiling the information and distilling it into best protocols for different diagnoses. And that was how uh, aroma acupoint therapy came into creation was through Peter Holmes fragrance energetics model and a diagnostic model that he used. And then my uh, clinical discoveries and protocols. And we taught that together for some years and eventually evolved to teaching separately. And how I've shifted the work is that I'm uh, allowing it at this point to be more accessible, not to just acupuncturists, but to anyone who's in the healing arts. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm working together with Angela Sidlow right now, who's part of Naha, to put together, our first one's coming up, to put together aroma point therapy for body workers and energy workers, which is exciting. That is. And it, I mean, it sounds like you kind of built like your own research and development center with it. And uh, did you start out more with a, an aromatherapy background or an acupuncture background? Mm. I started out, uh, so my background is in pre-med biology and chemistry. And I thought that I was going to do uh, disease research in a lab because I was so drawn to lab work and to chemistry. And then through interesting turn of events, like, like, life. <laughs> I, uh, I ended up deciding to study naturopathic medicine. So I moved to the North Northwest for naturopathic school at Bastyr. And, um, and then I got very, very sick in my first year of the program. And long story short, what ended up helping me the most was Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And what I, so I in, ultimately ended up switching programs and have my licensure as a Chinese medicine practitioner. And in studying Chinese medicine, what interested me the most was the energetics of the body and of the meridians and then food energetics. So it was always energetics that drew me in. And, uh, and then, I mean, oils, I've just been in love with oils ever since I can remember. I mean, I used my first ever earned money to buy <laughs> precious bottles <laughs> of essential oils at this <laughs> at this Indian import shop in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I had my little collection of my bottles and I would anoint myself when I got out of the shower. So, you know, a fragrance, food and energetics and fashion. I'd say those are my <laughs> loves. And so so now uh, how they all have come together is that the, the study of essential oils that I've taken on, um, you know, with complete and utter abandon and then my background in uh, biology, biochemistry, um, anatomy, physiology, and then energetic anatomy through Chinese medicine is, is ultimately what's what informs what and how I teach. 
and and your love of research to develop that that system and to have um, that clinical research background. I mean, that's that's a lot of work on your end. I guess I kind of want to delve into more in the science of how does it work? How does aroma point therapy work, and what you saw in your patients or the clients that you had come into your office? Yeah, I love that you asked that question. So I'm gonna answer that in a I think a relatively balanced way, and when I say balanced, I mean balanced between um, science and linear models, and then uh, non-linear quantum or feeling-based or intuitive-based models. Because I, okay. I think it's important to, um, it's definitely important at this level of development and with the disease states that we are faced with today, it's important to have a balance between both. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, and and I love that I have the background in science and that, that science was in many ways my first complete love. And I also love that through life's twists and turns, I was able to come deeper into these energetic understandings and intuitive um, insights. And I think it's totally possible. It is totally possible to to be able to do the work that we do in a ground in a way that's grounded in science, but not forsaking energetics or intuition. And, uh, and that's what I think is so fabulous about about this, this particular technique. So how it works is, um, well, let me just give a little more context in that I think a lot of people listening to this will be either aromatherapists or definitely essential oil lovers. And the the bulk of the emphasis on essential oil understandings right now is on their chemistry and that if we can understand their chemistry we can make generalizations about the impacts within the body and the mind and the emotions and that's very true but it's only part of the picture the other part of the picture at least that we know of because there's always more to discover has to do with the vibrational aspects and the, uh, the synergistic aspects of the complete form of the oil. And I'm going to qualify that more in a minute. So, so when we say diffuse an oil in a room, you're breathing in those volatile uh, compounds, biocompounds, in through the nose, through the veromonasal organ, the olfactory bulb is affected, olfactory nerve is affected. And then that uh, vibrational information gets translated within the brain into neural response and not just neural response, but a neuroendocrine response. That's just through inhalation. And then we know if we have internal absorption or we have some internal absorption through inhalation, but if you did, for example, a medical nebulizer or you were to um, put a, a large amount of essential oil on your body and have significant internal absorption, then you also have a neuroendocrine response, but uh, but it's a little bit different because you're you're actually uh, absorbing significant amount of the compounds, even though they get broken up differently into the body. So that's another way that the oils can impact. Now with aroma point therapy, sometimes people think, oh, the 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 way that we can understand how this is impacting the body is through the internal absorption of the oil on the point. But what I've seen, and and also from what I know of chemistry, is that I think the bulk of the impact isn't coming from the internal absorption, because there's not actually that much absorption that's going to be happening if you're using a diluted oil, one drop 
on one point. What, what is actually creating the bulk of the impact is the vibrational frequency of the oil meeting the vibrational frequency and receptivity of the actual acupoint. And as those two come together, they actually make music. They create a certain vibrational harmony, if you will, together. And that vibrational harmony then propagates through the energy channels of the body, and it ends up opening up meridians or opening up energy centers, like the heart chakra, for example, um, in a literal energetic way, which is which which deserves its own... Um, distinction from a neuroendocrine response but what i see is that we'll have the vibrational opening say of a meridian and an acupoint or an energy center such as a chakra and as that opens and shifts then secondarily and tertiarily you get neuroendocrine responses but but again it's secondary to the vibrational response as opposed to when we get an internal absorption and it's primary does it make sense yeah that does and it, it it needs both of them at the same time yeah i mean you know it's interesting too with aroma point therapy because you have the impact of the vibrational impact of the oil on the point a small amount of internal absorption and then you have the fact that the volatile compounds are in the air and then they're being inhaled then through the vermonasal organ, impacting the olfactory nerve, and then it's instantly impacting the limbic system of the brain, which is going to pretty much instantly shift the emotional state of the person. So it's quite a it's quite a powerful modality in terms of the scope of how it's impacting things. It's like hitting all of those at once in such a yeah. specific, yeah. controlled and pattern setting and to have that person, I'm sure in that aspect, being so focused on that, that one thing you're working on, it, it's probably very potent. I'm, I'm waiting to get to some tips at the end. And I'm going to ask mm. you some questions because I'm like, I'm going to mm. try this on my own. <laughs> exactly. I hope you do. <laughs> um, so what kind of things can you use this for? Good question. So in my practice, uh, for years and years in my practice, my focus was on autoimmune diseases. I think we often end up treating things that we have had experience with ourselves. And, and I have experience personally with autoimmune conditions. And so uh, a lot of my practice was treating autoimmune condition, which almost always has a significant mental and emotional, uh, um, yeah, mental, emotional imbalanced component to it as well. I only hesitated because there's always the question of like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I say, right. not so much to get hung up on that as much. I think it's more important to just recognize that with today's complex conditions, we need to address all levels in whatever treatment modality we're choosing, if possible, with that modality. And so, so with the oils, I was treating quite a lot of autoimmune conditions, the symptoms that would be fallout from that. So say digestive symptoms pain management symptoms, allergies, whether seasonal allergies or food allergies. Uh, those are kind of the bulk of the symptoms, digestive issues, pain, oh, and sleep, sleep issues. So those are all things that I've treated successfully with aroma point therapies. And, and now I want to, being a clinician, 
it's it's also really important to stress that I'm not suggesting that aroma point therapies is the be all end all that will replace everything, but I will tell you from firsthand experience that of all, and I I love to learn so I'm forever studying and and taking more courses and adding more tools to my tool chest. But aroma point therapies has been hands down the most potent tool that I have ever had at my disposal. And, uh, and so to add it to, you know, if I'm making nutrition suggestions to someone and suggesting they stay off of a food that they're reacting to, of course, it's essential that they do that in their health trajectory. But when I do aroma point treatment on them in the session and it shifts their, their entire emotional and even spiritual state of being, and then they're able to sleep better. And I give them a take-home protocol that's totally safe. And most most people are way more compliant with doing an oil protocol than they are with a food protocol or an herbal protocol. (laughs) And so I find, yeah, I find if they do the oil protocol for a while, then what happens is they're much more likely to, with grace and ease, make the other lifestyle changes that are really going to help them on their health path. So that's how it all sort of works together brilliantly. But I mean, I can definitely, within a session, I can decrease, if not eliminate pain uh, in the body. I can decrease, if not eliminate digestive distress and pain over the course of a treatment. I can certainly completely shift worlds in terms of emotional states of being. And even just one point in oil combo, which I'm excited to share with this group, um, (coughs) that one point in oil protocol can completely open up somebody's perspective in that moment so that they can receive the therapeutic suggestions that you have for them and so that they can receive the the um, little messages from their own heart about what would be good and helpful for them at that time. And so I I have a question because I'm you're saying, you know, you treat them in these sessions. What what does a session like this look like for somebody who's interested in the practitioner side of it and somebody who's interested in the client side of it? What can they expect? What can they expect to see in a session? So b- because my licensure is in acupuncture, of course, I'm I'm operating under that licensure. So generally, my sessions are also going to include some acupuncture. But I also want to qualify that. Um, when I describe the sequence here in a moment, if you're not an acupuncturist, say you're a health coach or a Reiki practitioner, uh, a nutritionist, etc., you can sort of insert your other modality into the places where I would insert acupuncture. So generally for me, what it looks like is the person comes in. Uh, we have, of course, a little intake period. If it's a return visit, the intake period is shorter because we're working on something specific and I already have details. I just need updates. And then I get them on the table and I, I start off every single session with diluted bergamot essential oil on point Shenmen, S-H-E-N-M-E-N, in the ear. And it's in the upper... Um, triangular fossa of the ear it's like the upper little the groove in the very top part of the ear just under the helix of the ear and if you take a drop of diluted bergamot divide it between two fingers I like to use my pinky because it's smaller and then you slip it into that upper groove of the ear there point shenmin and you hold that Uh, this is how I start the treatment and I hold that for anywhere from one to three minutes when I first was developing this technique, 
um, years and years and years ago, I noticed that I only had to hold that point and oil combination for about 45 seconds for a shift to happen. I noticed that these days I have to hold it for a minimum of a minute and sometimes up to three minutes. And I think it's just my hypothesis is that it just has to do with how much, how intense life is these days, how much we're bombarded with, because the bergamot on Shenmin in the ear helps the body to process everything that it's accumulated over the day, over the week, over the month. So I'll hold the bergamot on Shenmin. And as I'm doing that, they're laying face up most of the time. Uh, I'm sitting at their head. And it's also a time for me to energetically and soulfully drop into the space. We're both quiet. We're not talking during that time. And this is also when I often receive a lot of intuitive, you know, we say intuitive hits or intuitive insights about what's going on with that person, what's going on with their body. Uh, so I just kind of, I, this, this actually ends up being another aspect of my own diagnoses um, segments. So I am feeling and receiving that I'm, I'm holding space for their body to unwind because another impact of the bergamot on Shinmin is that people will experience a complete fascial unwinding. So the way that they hold their body in their ten tension patterns will uh, temporarily unravel itself in a positive way. That's part of what makes them more receptive to the treatment. And then after I let go of the bergamot on Shen Min, then that's when I go and feel their pulses in, in uh, Chinese medicine. You know, that's one of the diagnostic parameters. And I feel the pulses then as opposed to when they first come in, because if I do the bergamot on Shen Min, it releases quite a few of the tension or the fatigue layers so that I can really feel what's going on underneath that. And then from there, I'm very clear on what I'm going to do next, you know, based on all the information, what they've shared with me, my intuitive downloads, what I'm feeling in their pulses and what I know of their history. And then I start applying single oils on single points. And generally, I'm going to put on anywhere from four to six oils on four to six different points. Each time I'm touching the point very lightly. It's, it's not acupressure. It's just making the connection. And in fact, if you go into pushing hard, the body has a completely different response that isn't as um, potent. I, what I notice is that the body instantly goes into um, physical mode, like I'm getting a massage. Mm -hmm. And and also if you push really hard, then the body, the depending on the person, they might actually check out just a little bit or they go somewhere else in their experience. But if you touch super light, what it does is it, the lighter you touch, the greater the impact on the mental and emotional body. The harder you push, the more the impact on the physical body. But since most of us are under a significant amount of mental and emotional strain and tension, if you touch lightly, even if you're treating them for a physical problem, there's going to be greater impact even on the physicality. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. To, just to some to complete the treatment question, uh, after I do four or five, you know, four or six oils on points, holding each one anywhere from a minute to, to, to two, then that's when I'll put in a, some acupuncture points. For anyone that's listening that's an acupuncturist, I use far less needles than I did before I started incorporating this into my practice. And then I generally leave the room for a period of time and uh, then come back and I close the session with one oil on one point 
or uh, an, an oil on two points, something like that. Often I'll close with jasmine or rose or euphoric oil, something something to kind of encapsulate them in a little bliss bubble before they go out into the world again. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, if you do Reiki, you can you can uh, incorporate the woman that I see for Reiki. She puts the oils on the points at first and then she does Reiki and then she ends with one more oil on a point. The therapists that I've trained to do this, since they don't have a license to touch the body, they actually have their clients do the oils on themselves first, and then they do the therapy session. Oh, wow. So you yeah. can really, you can really incorporate this aspect into so many different. Oh yeah. Uh, in my, in my seminars, I have um, naturopaths, PTs, occupational therapists, veterinarians, physical uh, trainers, sports trainers acupuncturist, all kinds of body workers and energy workers. I, I guess I just wanted to ask and if you've if experimented with different oils in the start of it and why you settled on bergamot. So uh, the question about why bergamot and uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm just reflecting back at what originally happened. Um, this was in the beginning when I was working with Peter together creating the curriculum for aroma acupoint therapy. And um, it's, it was somehow born out of one of our conversations. You know, it's that that part of the creative process where you like, I don't know exactly how it came into being, yeah. but I remember the time frame. It was like we were having a conversation about the the spiritual and soulful impacts of bergamot. We would we would do uh, we would meditate with the oils to tune into this the spirit essence of the plant to listen to what it had to offer us. And so we were, I think we were dialoguing about that. And then uh, one of us had the idea, hey, let's try it on the this point, shinmen in the ear, which the point shinmen in the ear is a powerful point for resetting the nervous system. And so we tried it and it was just amazing. Like both of us right away experienced, and I, you know, I encourage you all to try it yourself to see what you notice. Most people will describe that they feel an opening of perspective, an ease of being, and also a, a kind of unwinding at the level of their physical body. From there, people will then describe it differently based on their constitutional type, whether it felt like it was clarifying or relaxing, etc. And so from there, I started to, I started doing it on all of my patients and noticing this consistent reproducible effect. And from there, I, I, I started for every seminar that in the beginning, he and I were teaching them together that we taught together at the, at the very beginning, after introducing ourselves, we would have everybody in the class, put it on point Shenman in the ear. And it, it was like night and day from <laughs> how the class was before and how the class was after. Now I, I don't ever teach a class without doing it first. If it's an in-person class, because it, it opens us all up to receive information. It helps us if we have a chip on our shoulder to release the chip on our shoulder. If we're not sure if we trust the teacher or not, it helps us to relax around that. <laughs> wow. Wow. And so, and I've tried, we did have a working theory that maybe point Shenman in the ear was like a, like some kind of a transmitter or an amplifier point. And so if you took any oil, it would amplify the impacts of that oil throughout the nervous system. But I have tried many, many oils on that point and nothing seems to be consistently as powerful and helpful as bergamot. Although I will say that most citrus oils will produce a clarifying 
opening effect, but that's just what citrus oils tend to do anyway. Um, and if you use things like jasmine or rose or neroli, they tend to have a, a slightly sedating, mm -hmm. deeply calming effect. Uh, lavender is another one that you can put on that point in the ear to create kind of a, uh, because lavender has such a bivalent function. It can create, a, it's good for dysregulated conditions. It helps even people out. And just a couple more things about trying it, if I could, uh, just a reminder to dilute it, of course. Um, mm -hmm. If you're worried about sun exposure, bergamot being a, a photosensitizer, I found that if I use a 25% dilution, I've, I've to date, and I've treated thousands and thousands of people, I haven't had anyone have a sun reaction from a 25%. Uh, but if a person's concerned about it, or if I'm concerned about it, like if it's a surfer and because I lived in California for years, if, if it's a surfer and they're getting ready to go out surfing, I'll just have them put sunblock over that area. Mm -hmm. um, so, so those are just some safety things to keep in mind. And then light touch and holding it for one to three minutes or until you feel a shift mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's it. Try it. Okay. Um, and do you have any specific things you dilute it in? Just for I mean, my favorite, we get uh, uh, because we do some oil sourcing, we get organic, clear, deodorized, organic jojoba that I love. But I also uh, know a lot of people work with the fractionated coconut oil, and that can be really nice as well. So I have some jojoba and some bergamot right next to my desk. So that's what I'll be doing as soon as we hang up. Um Yeah. Um, so, and a quick little, a quick yeah. little dilution tip. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't coming from my um, biochemist side. <laughs> this is coming from my impromptu cook cooker side, <laughs> which is that you could, so say you have that carrier oil and you have the, ber the bergamot right next to you. You can actually rub the carrier oil on that point shin min in the ear, which by the way, if you all want to search, you just type that into a search engine and the picture will pop up right away. So you put the carrot oil on that part of your ear, and then you can take the undiluted oil, one drop divided between two fingers and hold it over that point. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and when you're doing your sessions, do you um, have the clients you're working on present you feedback or do you look for kind of visual cues and visual feedback of um, kind of what you're working towards, whether that be for helping digestive issues or sleeping or whatever? That's such a good question, an astute question. Okay, so uh, there's something when I'm teaching aroma point therapy, the fundamentals of it, I, I talk about changes to look for as you're doing these treatments. So the changes that you're going to look for are changes in complexion. So, uh, and you'll see a, a a shift in a direction that's relatively more healthy. So for example, if they're looking really pale and pasty, they'll have more color come into their face. If they're looking really red and hot, the redness will start to drain out of their face. And I mean, you can literally see this happen over 60 seconds. It's just amazing. Like I can clear, I, when I'm working with women that are in the middle of a hot flash, I can do a couple of points and oils down on the feet and just watch the heat drain from the upper part of their body. <laughs> oh man, that must have been so the you, best relief. <laughs> it is. They love it. So uh, changes in complexion, and that's both the literal color of their face and also the energetics of their complexion. 
which um, isn't necessarily based on your five senses, but it's just something that you can know or feel. You're like, wow, you just like look way different than you did a second ago or 60 seconds ago. Then you also want to look for changes in what we say the shin or the spirit of the eyes. So if their eyes are open or when they open their eyes, you'll see you'll see relatively more light, more spark, more of them present in their eyes. You'll look for changes in their voice. So when someone's more tense, they're usually talking a little bit faster and it gets a little bit higher and you can feel it's kind of clipped, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll go from that to like, I'm talking right now with a deeper voice and I'm talking slower. Conversely, if somebody's in a lot of fear and they're talking with a groany voice and really slow, then they might come back up here and speak with a little more fluidity and connection of the words. So there'll be a, a, a change in voice pitch and intonation, etc. The other thing that you can look for is changes in breathing. And so oftentimes how you know when things are really starting to work well in an aroma point therapy session is that all of a sudden they'll take a big deep breath. Sometimes it's that you take a big deep breath and then they do. <laughs> because when we're treating with oils in this way, you're that this is what I love about this too, is that the practitioner is always getting treated. They're, I'm getting treated every time I treat someone because they're oils. They're in the room. They're on my body, you know? So it's uh, voice, complexion, shin in the eyes, uh, br uh, breath, breathing, and then the report of their symptoms. So sometimes what I'll do is after a few, this is really common, for example, someone comes in with a headache. I'm going through, I do the bergamot on Shen Min, and then I go down and I do liver three with bergamot, and then I do large intestine four, which is a powerful headache point with lavender or rosemary. And then, um, and then I check in with them and I say, how's your headache now? And they're like, oh my God, it's not even there. <laughs> That's awesome. I, now I kind of want to get into figuring out um, if you can give us some examples, maybe you can pick one specific thing to that people who might be suffering from this at home can try on themselves to kind of help them out. Or you can pick a couple different things and touch on maybe a point of each. Um, I'll kind of give that up to you because I think what you're doing could be so helpful for so many people listening now, um, whether that's with trauma or sleep or digestive issues or, or oh, like you said, women's issues and things. Yeah. So good. Okay, so I have a question for you first to help me present this in a way that's most helpful. Uh, sure. when, with this interview, are there also um, pictures or slides that you show with it, or is it audio only? So um, when it goes on SoundCloud and like iTunes and uh, Buzzsprout, there it's just audio, but I also put a version on YouTube that if you have images, I would send it to me and kind of just give me just a little bit of guidance where to clip them in and I can make sure that happens. Okay, so we can we can see what makes most sense with that. And, uh, and I could certainly send you slides like PowerPoint slides that we've had made of the specific points. Perfect. But um, yeah, to dive into your question and for and this is possible even for people that were listening audio only, I would just say that any of the points that I'm about to list, what you'll want to do is just look them up online and it's as easy as going to a search browser and just typing in exactly the acupoint name that I say and then it will pull up an instant picture and then you can go from there and if 
you know, I would, for people that aren't acupuncturists, it doesn't have to be a problem that, you know, I know in acupuncture school, we spend so many years learning the exact anatomical location of the point. But if you look at a picture of a point, and if you go to that general area, the thing is a finger is much bigger than the pin point of a needle. So it's okay. It's forgiving. As long as you're in that general area, you're going to probably, you know, 98% likelihood of activating that point. So um, I think what would be most helpful probably for people as the expression goes bang for your buck. <laughs> Number one, there's the bergamot on Shenmin, which we've talked about. And I want to, because I haven't necessarily said what or why for what they could use that, that little protocol for. So for the bergamot on Shenmin, you can do it anytime you need a reset. So that's anytime you're wound up with stress, you're having compulsive thinking, you wake up in the middle of the night, you can't go back to sleep, you've gone into a pain cycle, and you know that your stress about the pain cycle is making the pain cycle worse, but you can't seem to get yourself to relax at the level of the mind and emotions. That's a perfect time for bergamot. Uh, bergamot's also, bergamot and shinmin especially, is really powerful for uh, any kind of post-traumatic stress issues. And the reason why is that bergamot, uh, well, when we experience a traumatic event, blood flow shuts down to, temporarily to the hippocampus of the brain, hippocampus structure of the brain. And that's the structure in the area of the brain that helps us to integrate memory in time. And so when we undergo a trauma at, and our blood flow shuts down to the hippocampus, it's like that trauma, the traumatic event is existing, if you will, outside of time. And so then years later, 10 years later, five years later, we hear a loud noise or there's something that has a synchronistic resonance that activates probably subconsciously the memory. It opens up a gateway to the memory of that trauma that happened five or 10 years ago. And then all of a sudden, the energy of that trauma floods into this timeline, this this here now time. But what's so crazy about post-traumatic uh, events, and I have a lot of experience with this, is that um, a, lo a lot of the anxiety that comes from it is feeling like you can't control what's happening and also feeling like, what well, I don't understand. That person just slammed their car door and now I'm going into a panic attack. Um, and and it's, it feels like such a loss of control because we can't control our physical response. So doing bergamot on Shen Min, if you're in the midst of a panic attack or an anxiety attack, is extremely powerful, not only for helping to shift you out of it, but for helping to diffuse the uh, energy dynamic that keeps post-traumatic stress triggers from reoccurring. And then also a lot of times people won't remember to use bergamot on Shenmin when they're in an anxiety or panic attack, because that's oftentimes when we are just trying to survive. But if you do it regularly, just prophylactically, if you will, so you say you do bergamot on Shenmin in the morning and in the evening, it greatly decreases the likelihood of post-traumatic stress um, triggers, events, panic attack events and anxiety attack events. 
if somebody's trying to create a new habit or shift how they are in the world or shift how they are in relationship with another, I highly again recommend the Bergamot on Shinmen because of the way that it resets the brain and resets the neural pathways in the brain. I have a dear friend who's a neuroscientist. Um, he has the most state of the art neurofeedback equipment that is possible on the West Coast right now. And we did a project together where we brain mapped, we brain mapped individuals before Bergamot and Shinmin and then after. And you can see what happens to the brain structures before and after Bergamot. It's just exceptional. Yeah. Okay. So that's the most exciting one that I think is easily accept accessible. And I can't give anyone that that wouldn't be good for. For kids, up until they hit their um, hormonal peaks, or not peaks, but, you know, like the between years, mm -hmm. around 11-ish, before those times, their bergamot is actually sweet orange. So sweet orange does for them and for their nervous system what the bergamot does for us. And then after they start going through their hormonal shifts and their psyches and their emotional bodies become more complicated, that's when I start using the bergamot. And uh, sweet orange on kids is extremely powerful. I won't go into great detail just because I talked a lot about bergamot, but it's a lot of the similar aspects that I just spoke about, but on, on the level of children and child appropriate. Um, blue tansy on liver three is another one that pretty much everyone could benefit from. We most people that live in the West have a lot of expectations on their time and energy. And we have, most people have a lot of balls in the air and a lot that they're managing. And as I mentioned briefly in the beginning, the blue tansy on that point helps remind us to go with the flow. It helps remind us to uh, be playful, even in the midst of our work. And it literally helps connect us again to our flow state. Cause you know, the more stressed we get, the more clamped down we get, the more choppy we get. So it reminds us how to flow again. And then uh, there's another point on the, that I just briefly mentioned too is large intestine four, which is um, a lot of people know this point actually. And they don't even know that they know it because it's a famous headache point. If you look at your hand and you see your thumb and your pointer finger, and that webbing between the two, so you kind of open those up so you're shaped like an L. And then go into the corner of the L and pinch right in the webbing there. It's probably sore, sore on most people. The, <laughs> the point on the very top in the middle of that webbing is large intestine four. That point's called the great eliminator. And it's, it's a powerful point for reducing inflammation, for moving stuck chi in the body. And it's also the command, we call it the command point for the head and neck. So it releases the meridians, the fascia, and can even release the musculature that goes all the way up the outside of the arm, the top of the uh, back, the upper back, like the traps there, which often gets super tight on people, all the way up through the side of the neck, through the uh, sternocleidomastoid muscle that gets really tight on people, and up to the back of the occiput there. That's interesting. I'm, I'm playing on it now. I'm like, it's, oh, a, it's a strong <laughs> point. Wow. Yeah. So you the, know, it's funny because I, I feel like I have just squeezed this area before, just like in times of frustration and things mm -hmm. like that. That's interesting. <laughs>
Yeah, and putting and as far as oils to put on there, lavender is excellent there. Rosemary is excellent there. Those are two of my favorites for that point. And then here, check this out. If you're willing and want to, to go through this process, bergamot on point shinmen in the ear, rosemary or lavender on large intestine four, and then blue tansy down on liver three. And that's a complete treatment. <laughs> It's an and, awesome treatment. And where it's interesting because you say large intestine four, and I'm like, where my stomach am I poking? Um, that's in the hand. So where is liver three exactly? Oh, yeah. So liver three is the one that's down on the foot between the big toe and the second toe. And actually, the cool thing about this is liver three is in the exact same place on the foot that large intestine four is on the hand. Ah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so that webbing between the first and second toe, if you slide your finger up that webbing mm -hmm. and you push down, you're going to find a tender point in there. That's liver three. And do you press on top or bottom or both? On the, the top of top, the foot. Just, on the top. Mm -hmm. okay. just like with large intestine four, you're on the top of the hand on the dorsal cool. aspect. Oh, that's so interesting. Wow. Okay. So I wonder if everybody else is poking themselves right now. Like, right now. <laughs> I know. And you know, there is of course benefit just from doing the acupressure, but wait till you add the point and remember little pop quiz, like, are you pushing hard or are you push, are you, are you pushing on this hard with the oil or are you just making contact? Interesting. Yeah. Right. Okay. So for people who um, are interested, you know, our listeners are aromatherapists, but they're also kind of just um, essential oil enthusiasts. Um, Coming from a practitioner standpoint, what would somebody need to do to kind of learn more about this or get trained in this or um, start using some of these uh, methods in their own practice? Mm. Yeah. So I'll go from the level of, of um, just things that you can do immediately all the way to doing, to putting in some training time with it. So for... I'd say for individuals who, for whatever reason, they're just not called to do an actual training on it right now, but they feel inspired by this conversation, then I would say just start experimenting, you know, safely with placing oils on acupoints or on body zones. Now, if they don't know acupoints or if you don't know acupoints, then maybe what you do is just focus on the, the chakra zones of the body. So, for example, right between your breasts on the sternum, is the center of the heart chakra, but it's also an acupoint, CB17. And placing an oil such as helichrysum there, for example, to help to mend wounds and betrayals of the heart and to help to heal the impacts of transgenerational wounding on the heart that's something that somebody can just do daily with a tremendous amount of benefit without going through more training. Um, and you can also, so you can take that same advice and go through the rest of the body, like in the center of the stomach for the solar plexus chakra, which is also an acupoint, by the way, or going um, below the belly button, uh, just above where the uterus is if you're a woman that's the sacral uh, chakra and there's an acupoint there too and you can experiment with putting different oils there based on what you know about the oil and that energy center or based on to be honest it could be based on a dream that you had about what your body wants or something that just comes to you in the moment 
uh, I think probably most people listening to this, because they are oil enthusiasts, they have some sense of safety when using the oils on the body. So I'm presuming that as context. And then uh, from there, if you're if you're really like jazzed up about this, and you want to take it to the next level, and learn about um, learn about the the spirit nature of the oil, and at least four. I call them quantum acupoints, like four especially potent points that that oil goes well on. I have a program called the Healing Oil Collective, and it's it's virtual, and we go deeply into one oil every month, looking at the practical aspects of it, uh, the spiritual and soulful aspects of it, learning the quantum acupoints, doing a meditation with it, etc., um, and that's something that people could check out as well. That's they don't have to travel to a seminar to go to it, and they don't have to be in the healing arts. It could be for their own edification. And um, and then if you want like a two day focused seminar that gives you protocols that are really helpful based on the years of my clinical research which it's still, I'm still forever updating those protocols to make them the best that they can be, then you can go to my website, aromapointtherapies.com, and you can check out the seminar schedule. And I have seminars posted, all my seminars are posted up through March of 2020 right now. And in fact, Angela Sidlow and I are teaching on Aroma Point Therapies Fundamentals in Minneapolis in end of September, and then in Portland in November, and then in LA in October. So there's lots of upcoming opportunities for that. And I think um, just to plug in that you can find any of those opportunities um, offered through uh, not only their website, but on the Naha.org website on our calendar of events page, if you want to learn that's more true. about it or figure out how to register for those. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you want to find out more about the Healing Oil Collective, or uh, I also teach really powerful retreats that are out of the country in Sri Lanka, where we focus on the spice oils and how the spice oils transform, especially latent trauma within the body. And, uh, and you can find out about those. You can find out about the Healing Oil Collective. You can find about, out about other trainings and free events that I do on tiffanycarroll.com. And it's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-C-A-R-O-L-E.com. Perfect. Um, and we are about coming to our time. So I'm going to leave you any more room to plug um, anything else you're doing, any websites, any books, uh, any potential Naha 2020 conferences you you might be attending or speaking at. Yes. Well, I'm hoping I submitted for the uh, Naha 2020, but they haven't, they haven't reported back yet. So okay. I don't know, but I sure but you hope did to submit. Be Good. Okay. Yeah, and I'm planning to I'm planning to go no matter what. So hopefully we can meet each other in person there, okay. and uh, and I would love to be also presenting some of this material there. Um, you know, I think I would just encourage you if you feel inspired by this work to yeah to visit one of the websites and check out how to engage further. I I know in my own experience because life moves so fast. If we don't follow up our inspiration and heart's uh, passion with an action, then, you know, we're on to the next thing. <laughs> so check out one of those sites and one of those engagements and then take it to the next level, whatever the next level is for you. And in, in closing, I'll say that 
working with the oils in this way, I know I previously mentioned that this is hands down the most powerful tool that I that I've ever experienced in in healing practice and healing work, but also just on a personal level, working with the oils in this way have saved my life. I mean, they have completely shifted my my body terrain, my emotional terrain, my mental terrain, and um, and I think that was part of the reason why I'm so I'm so deeply committed and passionate about teaching people and sharing this knowledge uh, around how to connect with the oils in this way, but also how to pair them with acupoints and body zones, because there is, I mean, there's a whole other level of possibilities that opens up to us when we use the oils in this way. That's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing this. This was, um, such a fun discussion and I definitely, I promise you, I'm trying, I'm already like pulled out my oils and my dilution, my jojoba oil, and um, mm-hmm. I'll definitely be trying this. And I hope I encourage everybody else um, listening to kind of check in and check on in on this modality and see if you can find something else unique for you about it. Um, thank you so much for sharing. I'm, I'll have to thank Angela um, for putting us in touch. This has been awesome. And um so this will actually be coming out quite after the webinar. So I'm just going to mention your webinar real quick. Um, okay. If you want uh, kind of the same uh, topic, but a little bit more visual uh, aspect of it, you can check out our Naha webinar. Uh, Tiffany did a webinar for our September edition, and that's in the Naha bookstore. And it's also um, on your account member homepage for all of our members who are listening. So uh, go check that out. Um, um, thank you, Tiffany, so much for being here. And I think we all look forward to having you at the 2020 conference in any capacity. So, yeah, thank you too, Savannah. Thank you for thank you for inviting me. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for your care. All right, all right, everybody. That's it for this week. Um, catch us next time on the Beyond Aromatics podcast.